Yo, this is Greg Capullo, man, and you're listening to Elegant Weapon. And you know who the biggest elegant weapon is? I can't tell you where it's located, but it's uh, got something to do with me. An elegant weapon is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. An elegant weapon for the more civilized age. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, episode 238. My name is J.J.M. Clark, J. the Jedi Ross Ross, Jedi J. As always, of course, it's so wonderful to have all you beautiful babies back here in the L5J studios. This week, we got this guy, Stan. Say hi, Stan. What's up, everybody? How you doing, Jay? Stan Kanopka, hanging out on the show with us tonight. It's going to be good times. We're going to talk about his new comic, The Rejected. There's a very, very cool trailer that has been created. It's online. You should go check it out at anelegantweapon.ca, on Facebook, a whole bunch of other places. Here we go. This is going to be my conversation with Mr. Stan Kanopka. Stan Kanopka. Yes, sir. Born in New Jersey? Uh, No, born in Pennsylvania, moved to New Jersey. Now, you spent formative years in New Jersey, no? Like how many years? Oh my goodness. Um, I would say 78 to like 87 when I was a kid and then I moved back after high school. So you moved there very early. Yes. But you are a native Pennsylvanian. That's what they tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Being a native Pennsylvanian, you must be proud of the fact that you are in fact the Artist Alley Comics Coordinator for the Great Philadelphia Comic Con. I like it. It's pretty cool. It sounds good. Rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> it's nice to have a title. <laughs> uh, well, it's a well-earned title at this point because you've uh, what, officially been doing that the past two years now? Yep. This was my second year uh, in the official capacity. And the show went over swimmingly. Great response this year from everybody, from the fans, from the management team to the guests. Uh, so kudos on that event. I appreciate it. You were uh, quite instrumental in making that happen. <laughs> oh, I'm just uh, another cog in the wheel, man. I, I, you know, I, I talk to you a lot before the show, and it's amazing to see what actually has to go into putting on a comic convention. And it's no wonder to see some of those ones fail when people just really have no idea. They're just completely ignorant to the amount of man hours and time alone you've got to put into something like this you know well i think it was blissfully ignorant for me to be honest with you because i didn't realize it either but you know when you're standing there with it in your face you kind of have to like move and that you know that's that's the key i think keep moving <laughs> well i think it depends you have who you have in that role too right because obviously the fight or flight's going to kick in and you're either going to be like okay i'm going to weather this storm just you know bring it as much as it may break you here and there throughout the process. Friday night may have been a, a problem. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you either got that or you can fold. Or, you know, it, it's amazing when I actually hear cons that get shut down, like the day of or the day before. Like, I'm so thankful I've never experienced going to one of you. 
Uh, no, but, you know, it, one of them happened on the same weekend we were. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. You know, it's a shame because, it, you know, it's, it, it, it's just fucking embarrassing. It is embarrassing. Like, don't do it, kids. If you, if you, if you don't have the means and you don't have the resources and mainly the experience or someone on your team with mad experience or it's something more than just like a backyard fucking show, please don't throw a Comic-Con. Too many people, too many, too many people, you know? Yeah, and if you do, just don't ask me to help. <laughs> <laughs> One's enough. <laughs> I've I've gotten three more gray hairs this year. Well, this is where you move on, um, Stan. You've always uh, worked so far. So, okay, let's start from the beginning. You've already released the comic book called The Man with No Horse. <clears throat> yes, I have. And that was through your Nemesis Studios label um, because uh, for a while now, you're one of those fellows that's just a, a one-man band. You just – you kind of – you kind of try to make it all happen yourself. I tried. I did it once. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> it wasn't that bad at all. It's, it's it was a, a good, good first shot. That's how I look at it. It's a great first shot. I think it's a fantastic first shot. I think there's nothing wrong with it at all. Uh, you know, I think it was, if, if anything, it was a bit much for people. It was almost too cerebral. Do you know what I mean? Okay. It could be. I don't really ever, I never really look into it like that far. My, my whole idea was at least it got me on the floor. You know what I mean? It got me behind a table and you know, that's kind of, you know, if you start there, you just work your magic from there. <laughs> you move forward. Well, you got to start somewhere, right? And you made a thing, and that's the most important step is to just start making it, I guess. So, you know, you did that. You made the comic book, and you put it out there, and, uh, you know, then you kind of got really involved with the Comic-Con. So you've kind of had that has been a big focus of yours for a while now, at least, you know, the past few months. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like a, I, I could almost hear a collected sigh on, <laughs> on Sunday night. So things have evolved for you, though, because here you are, this guy. Now, doing a lot of it yourself and putting Nemesis Studios together, was that for a need to kind of run your own train, or was that just a, a need of, out of necessity of not maybe knowing anybody in the community yet or having not networked a lot or built a lot of relationships yet? Well, okay. I'm kind of a dick, so <laughs> I like to do – I like everything my way. <laughs> And it's much easier to do it if you do it on your own or hire people that you can just tell what to do. And I've learned that that is probably the least effective way to make a comic book. <laughs> you have to be more open to the other person and, you know, frankly, it takes more than one person to make a book. So you, you can't really champion your own cause unless you're really strong. Like, you know, what's his name? Uh, Aisha Han, that guy. <sighs> Like he embarrasses the rest of us. Yeah, but he's he's a unique creature. He's a <laughs> oh boy, what a machine. Well, he can't help himself. It's it's a uh, he's got this he's got this overwhelming need to see something that he's thought of immediately. Like if he thinks of something, he wants it to be there. He wants it to exist. You know, <laughs> so admirable. Yeah, so he makes it happen. You know, he's like I because to him, there's no reason for it not to happen that quick. You know, he just he sees a, well, he sees a path and he takes it, right? Mm -hmm. And if he doesn't see the path, he makes it. And uh, you kind of more so learned your path because you started out that way, doing your thing. But you have been, in particular, doing the con 
being a longtime sponsor and friend of this show, you've gotten to know the community well, and you've gotten to know a lot of important people, or at least talented people, in the community. And I can't help but think that that has shaped your outlook on how to make a comic book. I oh my god, it's completely changed it. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I, I I went from saying this is mine and I'm doing it and kiss my ass to oh my god, this is difficult on it. And now I know why it takes nine people. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you want anyone can put out their own comic book. That's not hard. You just get it made. You put it on a piece of paper and you get it put into a printer or you print them out yourselves and you go to a show and you're good to go. It's not really that hard. But when you want it done right. It takes a long time and a lot of people if you're not a one-man army. Yeah, it depends where you want to kind of want to start on the ladder of the whole thing, right? Like uh, how, how much uh... – see, this is this is what I'm really glad you did, and th- this is what I think is going to be one of the most beneficial things to the book is the fact that uh, this new book you've got coming – we should talk about that quickly first and explain to people that you have now hooked up with our good friends Source Point Press Publishing from Michigan – the Mighty Mighty Source Point Press, and you are doing a graphic novel for them called The Rejected. Yes, I am. They they have been super wonderful. Um, I hear that a lot. I do. And uh, they do super wonderful things. So the cool thing about you having hooked up with them is this enabled you to just write. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's... That's what I think, at least me knowing you and calling you a friend, I think at heart I would agree with you being a writer more than anything else. Absolutely. I thank you very much for that too. <laughs> well, I'm just glad. I'm just glad you got to able to, you know, you were you were able to just focus on that and you were able to not have to worry about all the other stuff that goes into it. I mean, I know there's other worry. Of course, you want to see your art and it's a collaborative you know, it's a collaborative effort and everything, but it was nice for you to not have to worry about, you know, all the other logistics that go into it. So, but you were writing the rejected, or at least had the idea before you hooked up with SourcePoint, no? Yes, it was a, actually it was a thirty-page complete script. Right. And uh, I was going to uh, make a comic at the time, right? Yep. Yeah, we were just thinking, hey, you know, let's just make something real cool. Let's make something horror. Keep it in the the cartoony vein, but with a little bit of grit, and uh, you know, we'll just do great, you know, grays because it's a little cheaper to print. And you know, I had the um, immense fortune of meeting Travis, and uh, he checked it out. And he said that he liked it, but you know, needed more pages. <laughs> so thirty pages later, so, it's now a fifty-four page graphic novel. And when you say we, of course, you're talking about Corey Christian Anderson. Absolutely. Corey has been the uh, the linchpin here pulling this art together. So you had this together, you had this thought, and you're gonna you were gonna do single issues and such. And did you pitch Travis? Did Travis kind of ask you to see it? Because you did. You know, it's not it wasn't a secret thing. You talked to people oh, about yeah. the idea and everything. Mm-hmm. No, I gave it. I gave him the old uh, zip file pitch on the uh, email, and we spoke in person at one of the shows. And he liked what he saw, and uh, the page count could have been beefier. So I added a bunch of stuff that I originally omitted because, you know, page count and cheaper. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, he liked the idea enough to inspire me to add a whole entire act into the the center that I took out. Well, 30 is an awkward number. Like, 30 is a heavy single issue. 
Mm-hmm. And well, that's what I would not, figure. Though. Not enough for a graphic novel. So why did he decide he wanted to do that? Um, to be honest with you, I hope it's because he believed enough in the story that it would warrant telling it in a longer format. We'll have to ask him about that. Yeah, I try not to ask that stuff. I get nervous. I'm going <laughs> to ask him. I'm going to ask you, Travis McIntyre. Why a graphic novel for the reject? Not that I have any problem with that. Don't get me wrong. No, I think I'm that's fantastic. Kidding me? I was so excited to have the opportunity to do it. And I was like, wow, I get to tell a whole, the whole story. And then I thought halfway through it, I'm like, wow, this is going to be difficult. Because once you write the end of something, I mean, it's it. I had to rewrite three quarters of the original script to begin with and it was just, it was fun but i'm glad it's out of my head now well i'm suppose when you got a beginning a middle and an end and they're like okay make it longer then you've got to find different paths to get to the same end or did it change the end at all uh it changed the ending a little bit but not i mean the eventual ending is the eventual ending regardless but i'd have a lot of notes i wrote most of it longhand in a book and i have a whole nother book of notes that refer to different pages in the handwritten book and so i had plenty of backstory to to dig from i you know i wasn't making up new shit but um you know i left out an enormous chunk of it in the center that i thought would be good for like a if i were to do any crowdfunding right like on. we could we could throw in like a 14 page uh like extra comic if we reached you know x goal or whatever but instead i just put it all in the one and travis liked it that's nice. It's. It, I'm glad you're getting to do it this way too, because doing it with SourcePoint means you don't necessarily have to crowd crowdfund it, right? You don't necessarily have to do the whole thing on a Kickstarter's back, right? No, no. So far, I mean, I like the idea of using it as a pre-sales device. Sure. That that has worked out very well for almost everyone I know that does it. Yeah. Well, SourcePoint uses Kickstarter masterfully. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, you never know. I, I actually – I'm looking forward to the future of the story, to be honest with you, because up until – and I'm not going to lie. Up until like last night, I hadn't even brought up you know, a, a second part or even thought of you know, even mentioning it to Corey or anything like that. I was like, well, let's just see if this one flies first before I invest any time in it. Sure. But then last night it hit me. I'm like, oh, no, and I just started writing. You got the you got the idea? I know. <laughs> I was supposed to have a fire last night. I built a fire pit. We were going to chill. and <laughs> You know, it's funny. Migrating and Sue. <laughs> it's funny how it, how it hits people. Uh, I was talking to Jay Fosgett, artist Jay Fosgett, uh, two you days ago. creator of Bodhi Troll? Yes, he, t- he is, in fact, the creator of Bodhi Troll. And he, we were talking the night before last and just chatting on the phone. And I was like, well, how about a video tomorrow? I'm not doing anything because he does his live Fozcast video on Facebook where he just draws and answers questions in the comments and stuff on Facebook Live. And relieves depression. Yes, he does. In fact, he brings a, quite the smile to my face. And, uh, As does mine. It's good for tea time. When I'm sitting out back with the wifey. We enjoy watching it together. Um so he was going to do that, and then he, he never did it. And I was looking on his Facebook, and he had posted about basically about being really excited and how something had just hit him, you know, a creative idea or something. And then mm-hmm. he vanished from online for the rest of the night. <laughs> that was the vague book post he, he was talking yeah, about. Yeah, <laughs> and it never happened, you know, and it never happened. And he was off online for the night. And I, I, so I talked to him yesterday. I'm like, so what happened? He's like, oh. 
oh, I had these like two ideas hit me for the stories I'm doing and I just had to do it. It was like, now is the time. And he didn't want to put it off. So he just, you know, canceled his night and, you know. Yeah, no, I I do a lot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm drinking a strawberry banana cocktail drinking box and it's goddamn delicious. (laughs) I have me ye old coffee. Ye old coffee. Uh, We should talk about what The Rejected is, in fact, about. Okay. (laughs) It's a – imagine that the voices in your head when you were a kid and some adults, uh, you know, some of them are bad and some of them give you good advice and some of them lead you down a a path you probably don't want to take. And the main character in this story, Billy, is faced with that decision and doesn't make the right choice. So he uh, embraces the darkness and the voices and the shadows, and he just devolves from there. Now, it's hard to ask about a story like that when you give such a depressing pitch, because <laughs> anything I ask could be very spoilery. Um, I don't know that it's like you know, as long as I don't tell you that what happens at the end. I mean, you know, so is it nobody, kinda, nobody wants to know about the aliens? Is it, We're not telling anybody about that. <laughs> Is it Vader-esque in the idea that it is the story of the f- tragic fall of a figure then? Or is there a protagonist? Well, we haven't met them yet. Uh, right now, we meet Billy and a few of the members of the family that are called the Rejected. And uh, there are these shadow manifestations that he has from a very young age that seem to offer him comfort and security and safety. And... Uh, then he just grows up, and that's the book. And he kind of Ta-da! Well, <laughs> obviously, I'm sure there's going to be issues that he has to deal with along the way. Yeah, it gets dark. Yeah, if you when you're done reading this book, if you don't throw it down and curse my name, then I haven't done my job. Well, if that's your thing, that's your thing, and that's always kind of been your thing. You uh, you're one of those fellows who knows how to go to a dark place, and you're also one of those fellows who has a very elegant way of getting it out and translating it onto paper, you know? Well, thank you. Well, you're quite the poet yourself. I try. Well, you do. You're good with, <laughs> you You got good words. You use the good words, bigly words. My words are bigly. They're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're tremendously better than anyone else's words. My, my words are so good that your words are going to pay for my words. Well, you're a brave soul. Because you are, you wear your heart on your sleeve most of the time, and you are not one to shy away from sharing your emotions or talking about them with other people or theirs. And, Indeed. Uh, that it's very exciting to know. I just know how deep you're you're gonna go. Like how much of you will be in this book? It's not like you know. And there's nothing wrong with this, but it's not like one of those comics where somebody just came up with a great idea. Which is fantastic, you know. That's what you know. Stories are based on, or especially original ones, is a, is a great idea. And uh, you know, not that yours isn't a great idea, but yours will have more to it than that. It's more than just this is. It's not going to be just clever, cerebrally. Do you know what I mean? I'm looking for like almost grimy, like to the sense where it feels like a cartoon got dipped in mud. Ooh. That's an excellent you, description. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you take yeah. an old black and white cartoon and throw it in a mud puddle, wring it out real good, and then watch it. <laughs> that sounds cool. Corey, 
Corey just destroyed the art. I mean, I couldn't have been like I gave him like maybe two things that I wanted to see that he didn't do that then he explained why he didn't do it and on like the third page from that like it was like a two panel exposition that he did that wasn't in the script that completely tied everything in and it was just so good <laughs> he made me want to write better because of the art right. it was just phenomenal well i've only seen a little bit of it and it is beautiful from what i've seen so. it's the style i wanted it's the style it's the style that this story had to be told well in. it fits it and the little bit i've seen is definitely what you describe it's car- car- cartoon dipped in mud is a, is a great analogy for it because it's you know there's it's a dark book, but there's some color in there, but it's very starkly contrasted by these by the rejected themselves, right? Mm-hmm. So he did a fantastic use of, you know, contrasting colors in the book, definitely. So I'm very excited to see what the whole thing looks like, especially when it's all printed up and comes together and I can actually hold it in my hands, you know? You can't see me, but I'm doing the evil genius fingers right now. <laughs> I'm a tactile guy. I, you know, I have absolutely nothing against digital comics whatsoever. I believe there's pros and cons to everything. Well, they're I good just, for on the go. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. I'm not bringing my, you know, Bob Sally signed salvagers out. <laughs> I'm gonna keep that at home. I'll probably will. <laughs> I, I literally, I'm one of those guys. I just, I like, like I'll go on vacation. I went to. Uh, Last vacation I went on Caribbean wise was the Dominican Republic, and I have this black like zip up binder thing, and I brought like a stack of comic books, and I just wow. sat on the beach with beer and cigarettes and comic books. And <laughs> oh, I'm coming next time. I need a vacation. <laughs> I don't think Dirk Manning's Nightmare World Volume Two made it all the way through. Oh, it got beached up, huh? No, but I don't know if that was the beach's problem because the binding came apart. So well, that, that might be very close I don't to know. the ocean, and because <laughs> Lulu was probably watching. Yeah. But I mean, I sat down today and I pulled out. I read about fifteen Justice League comics today. Wow! And that's, that's I, like what five, six pages of actual content. Well, a lot of them. All, all the commercial ads in there. Are... Yeah, well, a lot of them I've also read before. And uh, I was just rereading certain uh, couple arcs that I like. And uh, yeah, I just love pulling out a stack. And then I made a cup of tea and I put tea on one side and a stack of comics on the other. And I just started plowing through comic books. And That's I don't know. Awesome. I just I love the feeling. I love sitting there, you know, mm-hmm. turning the page. There's something oh. said to be. The smell. There's something the to be said smell. for the very simple act of turning the page. The smell, yes, but it's not the same smell as we remember, though. That's what kind of sucks. Like, but those know, are the books I still have. Yes, of course. That's what I was about <laughs> to say. You got to pull out those ones to get that smell. But absolutely, man. Sometimes you pull those out just to smell them. Not even bother reading them. You know. Yeah, I have to get a couple more long boxes. It's kind oh, of a bit, bit of a bummer. Late '80s, early '90s comics, man. They should make a weed that like has that smell, like pages, <laughs> like comic book newsprint. It's half librarian and half custodian, man. <laughs> It'll fuck you up, but also fix your brain. Totally, man. It's got multiple benefits, dude. Like multiple. Um, where'd you meet Corey? Um, on Twitter. We were hanging out one day, and I saw him over on a corner. And I was like, "Yeah, hey, baby," and what? we just yeah. started talking. Where's he live? 
He lives in tennis. No, where the hell is he? Georgia, Chatsworth, Georgia. Really? I had no idea that he was way down south there in Peachland. I know. I wish I had a sound effect machine. I would throw in that crazy little banjo sound. Um, have you ever met him face to face? Not yet. Ah, that's another one of them. I know. I'm so excited. I'm trying to get him to come to Baltimore so bad. Another one of them creations that have come from the matrix there's so many good ones though i mean you guys are following in a long line of people who made incredible comics with people they met on twitter and well, i think that's kind of how we all get together at this point it's a main hub for it's like, sure. it's like the, the, the nightclub for a bunch of introverts well aaron got on uh instagram the other day my girlfriend yeah. she got on instagram the other day She's actually been on it forever, but she's never posted a picture in, like, years. Like, she made an account once and never used it. And uh, she's, you know, seen me on it a lot lately because I've been on a big Instagram run. Mm. And so she hopped on there, and she was just kept saying, like, she didn't get it. And I was like, what's there not to get? It's like, you know, Twitter with pictures. And I don't know. She's just like, I don't get it. Why not just Facebook? And I'm like, because Facebook's just facebook it's like where you go to look at like acquaintances albums or things that friends recommend almost where twitter is just the world's conversation that's happening at that moment and i was like instagram is more like that you know like if your account's not private anybody can see it like you know it's oh, not yeah. like facebook where you got to be friends with people to kind of really see what's going on you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. It's more accessible for a professional, too. It's definitely more on the Twitter side of things than it is on the Facebook side of things, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I think they're all just different chat rooms in some weird AOL universe. It's 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 weird how social networking works, man. Especially when you're like when you're like a guy like me who's a podcaster, and by definition, I'm a hobbyist. You know, I don't get paid to do this. I'm no professional, but I love to do it, and I do it a lot. And you know, I'm do it quite well. Oh, thank you so much. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm quite the enthusiast, right? Indeed you are. So for someone like me, it's – I don't really have a business that I'm trying to sell or promote online, but I do have something I'm trying to promote in general for people to check out and enjoy. And you start to realize how Facebook's not good for that. Twitter's great for that. You know, but then things go in waves where now Instagram's actually getting really popular for podcasters to advertise on, even though you can't put a link in the comments. I know, which is very, very strange. That's why uh, I'll uh, – oh, yeah, the, the whole logo thing, the uh, animated logo, yes. that you're allowed uh, – I forget how many seconds though, and you can have it in the in the actual logo itself. Right, yes, yes. I'm learning all the new rules. Well, I saw that on Snapchat. I got on Snapchat and I tried Snapchat and I was like, I don't get it. Like that's one I truly just can't. I don't get that I don't, one. I don't get it either. I don't know what the hell. If the thing disappears, like a fucking dog. yeah, nobody ever finds it. You don't get followers. It, it seems like it's something that is just between friends, like small groups of friends who snap together. I don't know. That all I know is it's probably not a good idea if you have a teenager to have it. Yeah, I can only imagine what goes on if things disappear, especially when they think that there's such a thing as, you know, anonymity. Yeah, or <laughs> that things actually disappear, you know. Yeah. Well, I got a 17-year-old daughter, and she's got an Instagram, and I don't go near it. 
Hers is private, and I've never requested because I don't want to know. I don't want to know what's going because Instagram's a place for me where I let loose. It's the place where I post things that I wouldn't post on Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so you know that one's always been kind of like a family safe zone or, or an anti-family safe zone, you know? Yeah, a but, be yourself zone. Yeah, so hers is private, and I stay the hell away from it because she's got a boyfriend, and I don't want to know that. Stuff. Yeah, too, that's too much information. Your kid, your kid. Remember a couple <laughs> weeks ago? I think it was Stormy, in Philly. Yeah. It's like, oh, your son has followed me on Instagram there. Yeah, yeah, he loves it. But oh, he hope he knows what he's in for, Stan. Oh, yep, I told him. <laughs> I told him. He's but a good he, boy, uh, Yo, absolutely. But he has rules, and he follows the rules until he doesn't, and then it's gone. <laughs> Excuse you know, me. No problem. He recently earned his red belt, did he not? He did. Very proud dad here. That's fun, man. That's 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 one is it one or two down from black? Uh it's two, but there are stages of the last before he gets to black. So, so it's like a two plus one. What it so it's it's red then what? Red then brown, I believe. Right. And that, this is Taekwondo, right? Yes. I right. I don't uh, you know what? I can't I think it's red, brown, black. That's crazy, but I man. think there are stages of brown. Right. So, like, he won't get his black belt now until probably three three years from now. Still, in only three years from now, you're what? What is he, 13 now? Yeah. yeah. But he's been in since he was, like, six. Right. right. So your kid in three years, you'll have a 16-year-old black belt kid. That's pretty badass. Yes, absolutely. Well, there's really – I mean, if you're a parent, and I know that, you know, I may be a little old in my thinking, but if you have a boy, teach him how to fight. But not like to beat people up, just so that he and his friends and you know even strangers, if something sets off, he can at least take care of himself. Absolutely. And, you know, teach, teach your daughters even more vicious martial arts. You know, <laughs> te- te- boys can do good with boxing. That's fine. You know, a bunch of lummoxes, but girls are too smart for that. Yeah. <laughs> girls they must to- learn the yeah. kung fu. <laughs> oh my goodness, they need to be like all that iron fist, you know, jumping. Jupiter, or whatever the hell that movie was. Right. <laughs> Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. That's it. <laughs> Crouching Jupiter, Ascending Dragons. What? Okay. Hey, it's not a Batman cartoon. I didn't see it. <laughs> <laughs> and your lovely wife Tracy. Let's mention your lovely wife Tracy because she's no stranger to the to the public forum of Comic Con life. She indeed has enjoyed it. <laughs> she was put. Test this year though. She got a tattoo today when you went for touch up. No, no, I didn't go. I bailed. I wussed out. Oh, yeah. And it was more. I wanted it to be more about her. Hers is pretty though. Yeah, it's awesome. I was very against it at first. I was like, "What the hell would you?" I mean, on your foot? Like, duh. If your sneakers is gonna wear it off. That's badass, Then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden, I saw it, and I was like, "Wow, that's pretty gross." Plus, it's got to be one of the most painful places on your body to get a tattoo. So, yeah, I don't know how she did it. I mean, I'll I'll eventually have to deal with something like it, but I'm not ever gonna get the top of my feet tattooed. Oh, that's just crazy. That's nonsensical. Did you know Jimmy has what's his name Patrick Swayze tattooed on top of his foot? Yeah, uh, because Roundhouse, motherfucker. <laughs> people never believe it, and he's always has to take his shoes and socks off to show people. Why does someone never... believe that? Well, I got a friend here. You know? I got a friend here who's got the Canadian flag tattooed on his ass. 
<laughs> and that's the kind that... of thing you don't believe, right? Like, like when someone <laughs> says to you, you're, you know, I got the Canadian flag tattooed on my ass. You're like, yeah, right, whatever. You're just being a jackass. And one time he was at my house and he showered and he came out and he dropped the towel and he turned around and he had the tattoo on his ass. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, my God. I don't know. I don't think it's too disrespectful. Well, I mean, I wouldn't think so, but, you know, around here, you never know. We, it all we could go, how we you could go either things, way. On this it all, yeah, it all depends on, on certain points of views, I guess. So you are going to be attending Motor City Comic Con 2017. I, in fact, am. That's the official launch of The Rejected. Uh, it's very, very exciting. I'm so thrilled that you're getting the opportunity not only to launch your comic there uh, with a, what is it, 100 issue exclusive to? Yes, sir. 100 issue exclusive uh, variant cover. Can't wait. Just for the fact that it's your first Motor City Comic Con is so exciting to me. Uh, this is going to be an Elegant Weapons fourth wow. year as official press for the show. That is uh, so it is. It's unbelievably cool. They have been so kind to us. It's unreal. Well, so, you know what? It's a, it, in my opinion. Now, here, let me soapbox this for a second here. I know it might embarrass you a little bit, but all these other shows that you go to and you go and you work kind of around and in and with them, the fact that they don't utilize your skills and put you out in front more, like how could uh, anyone deny you a press at this point? Like that makes me so angry. It's it's a matter of time, and I've I've learned those a lot to the politics of comic conventions and panel moderation, and uh, you know there's certain paths you have to go through that are often very very uh, what's the word aggravating nepotismic <laughs> oh. oh it's who you know man it's, it's gotta all, be you know. it's all who you know it's like most things in life it's all who you know it's how long have you known those people i mean the only reason we all know it the only reason i even got a foot in the door whatsoever uh with the great philadelphia comic-con is because i know you and you know them and one year they were lacking and you were able to say this guy can do this and I did one panel. Uh, that was Nichelle Nichols. That was at the Great Allentown Comic Con several years ago uh, in beautiful Man. Allentown, Pennsylvania. And there was a lack of a moderator for Miss Nichols' panel. And I was more than happy to jump into that position. And we've been flying ever since. Very proud to have been the show's uh, official moderators yet again this year. And yeah, now the, now the whole job. team. Well, now the show's so big. There's so much going on that I can put a whole team together and we can cover it with wonder and beauty. And, uh, you know, those first two years I was running around like crazy, you know, I didn't, I barely even got to walk the floor, which was fine. You know, I don't mind. Yeah, no, I remember. Right? <laughs> it, was, it was rough. No problem though. Like hell, absolutely. Like I'd do it again any day. No hesitation. So yeah, you know, and I, I've been, uh, you know, I've gotten press from the big, some of the big kids. You know, C2E2's been kind. Uh, you know, Motor City Comic Con, as I say every year, Denver Comic Con. That's one I would love to go to, but I guarantee you, I would die from not being able to breathe. It's not what you think, man. I personally was able to breathe better. I don't know why, but I felt good. 
I felt <laughs> it's had all that real oxygen. Maybe <laughs> like, everybody like that movie Better me, Off Dead. <laughs> dude, everybody kept telling me how much trouble I was gonna have, and I had none. Like I literally felt better, like you know, less coffee when I was smoking or whatever. And yeah, it's a beautiful place, beautiful city. It was a beautiful convention. It was a lot of fun. I would definitely go back. Um, but yeah, they were kind enough with the press, and uh, you know, I recently applied to Montreal Comic Con. We're gonna see what happens with that one there. But uh, you know, there's just the big, the the one big guy. Well, the corporate ones are difficult because they hire pros, and you know, not that's not to take away from what you do. You're in every way a pro <laughs> and they should actually be calling your ass at this point. Well, it depends on which section of panels you're talking about too, because yes, a lot of shows will kind of hire local professionals to do their bigger panels. Uh, like, you know, fan expo, for example, here in Toronto, we have space, space channel. I'm dying to do that one, man. Oh, of course. Uh, it's one of the big three now. So we have space channel, which in Canada is our sci-fi network, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so the hosts of a show on that called Inner Space, which is kind of like their news show, uh, the hosts from that do all the panels for Fan Expo, like all the big ones usually. But then there's smaller ones, like then there's the comic panels that are in the smaller rooms that will be moderated by friends of you know, management individuals who say have a radio show here or do a podcast there. I have done panels at Fan Expo, but it was a very, it was kind of an inside situation. I did a panel on self-publishing I hosted with Jay Fosgett, Jules Faulkner, and Ted Woods. And that was a wonderful panel. That was a lot of fun for everybody. And that only happened because they didn't have one and those guys didn't want to do it themselves because Jay had actually – Jay asked when – you know who's monitoring the panel and they said, oh, we thought you were. And he was like, oh, well, how about this guy? And kind of pointed at me. Seems <laughs> like you get stuck there a lot. Right. So that's how I got to do my one and only Fan Expo panel. But, uh, you know, if well, – They'll I'm, recognize you soon. Don't worry. Whatever, man. It's all for the fun of it, you know. Oh, absolutely. It's nice enough that but they let me in. Down, so. And they let me talk to these people. So, you know. Yeah. But I, Like it, I said, I'm dying to do that show. That just seems like so much damn fun. Well, we got to get you down here, man. It wouldn't be that uh, pricey a show. You can stay here at the L5J Studios. Ah. Oh, times indeed, man. So back to Motor City Comic Con, though. Uh, Podcast Detroit. One of our amazing podcast networks, of which we are proud to be part of the family with, Podcast Detroit, are going to have an epic setup again this year. So an elegant weapon will, of course, be there uh, and making pot. And you're going to be there, which just I don't even me. know what it looks like there. You know what I mean? Like I'm. <laughs> it's 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 not your typical con in the way that there is. I shouldn't be talking. I shouldn't get too deep into this because I don't want to give away like backdoor secrets to the show. Well, yeah, give give those when I get there. <laughs> it's it's of all the shows I do, Philly's hot on its tail for this, but it's the show with the most heart of any Comic Con I've ever gone to once or multiple times. Motor City Comic Con has the biggest positive vibe I've ever encountered at a Comic Con. And that's probably the thing I like about it most. A lot of that is uh, because of the facility is excellent. The people are excellent, you know, especially the comic community in Motor City. 
But even the guests, even the guests when they come to Motor City, like the celebrities, you can tell they're having a good time beyond the usual good time. Like I haven't even had a chance to see who's going to be there. <laughs> they're a lot more chippy and they're a lot more uh, exciting than it feels at other shows sometimes. And I don't know. There's just something really special about Motor City Comic Con. And it's always the highlight of my year as far as conventions. So that and Fan Expo. But now, of course, Philly. Um, it's amazing how it's growing every year. So, oh, yeah. You know, and you're going to be there with the Rejected. Uh, what is going to be special about the 100 special exclusive variants for the show? Uh, it's a different cover. Uh, it's got the Motor City Comic Con logo on it. And I'll be there to sign them. And we're only, <laughs> we're only doing are you 100 are as you, an exclusive. Right. And I have a bunch of free stuff to go along with all the purchases. And I'll be there carnival barking the whole weekend or at least until my voice runs out. It'll be so funny to see you as part of the crew. <laughs> I know. I can't wait to not have to run around and like worry about other people. Well, you and I have never been to a show together where we didn't have to run around. You and I have never I been to a show together that we weren't working. Yeah, right. No, I haven't. Right. I was never to one to have fun. I haven't been to one to have fun in almost ten years. Right. So, as much as you will be working this one as well. Oh yeah. You're just hawking comics. You're not running around. And when the day is done, you can let that go and actually have fun for the night, which is super cool. Yes. So. Yes, indeed. You know, it's... if by fun you mean falling asleep in the hotel room. <laughs> Who did the variant cover? <laughs> What's that? Who did the variant cover? Oh, oh, indeed, yes. It's uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Corey, actually, Langley did the cover for the Sean Langley, I should say, did the art for the the full run cover, and Corey did Corey Christian Anderson did the art for the variant cover. It's one of the pieces he did earlier on that we weren't going to use in the book because I liked it so much. I thought we'd make promotional prints out of it. Uh, but it turns out that he spoke with Josh Werner and that those two hashed out which one of the images was their favorite. And this is the one that came up for the variant cover. And I, to be honest with you, I can't be, I can't be happier. That is, it looks so cool. I can't wait to have it. It's got to have a square binding and everything. That is so backwards in a cool way. Yeah. No, it's, well, you know, I, like I said before, the whole, I can't do this all myself and get this accomplished. Has lent it, it lent itself to trusting the people I'm working with, right. and uh, you know, it's not just my vision anymore once it's written. And uh, you know, you have to be a little bit more flexible. I think more artists would probably say that you know, well, some writers. Were a what bit was too always spiteful. the plan with the cover? Like, was the was Langley's cover to always plan to be the cover, or? Yes. Okay. We so actually that's why I mean that's what yeah. We didn't have a cover for it. Right. So. I don't, I, uh, Corey and I talked about it for a while and I hired Langley. And, uh, but then of course, like you said, this all came up as the, the you know, the whole exclusive and what are we going to do? And what if we do like a, a different run? Are we going to have another cover? And literally within the span of, I would say two hours and a Facebook group message, it was all handled. Nice. Nice. I mean, it was like seriously, it's, I had almost, you know, no work. From my end, other than going, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> like it, it was nice, and Corey is really committed to it. Nice, like really, like he is all in. Well, it's got to feel good to be under that umbrella, you know. 
Teamwork, Three. kids. Teamwork. Super excited. Uh... Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Mike Myers, my, my wife, Tracy, edited the whole book. Yeah. You know, Micah Myers did the letters, and he absolutely knocked it out of the park. And uh, Michelle Joy Gallagher actually provided two poems to oh, the book. That's I had a couple of splash pages in there, and I figured, you know, I like her style. She's as dark as I am in certain ways, so <laughs> – I just let her. I let her loose. You is, know, I, uh, I didn't edit anything. I didn't ask for anything different. I just said, "Give me, give me two. Is the book in color? No, the book is going to be in gray tones. Right, that's right. And just the cover, though. But Langley's cover is killer. It's that's so cool. He's so good. He's so good. He's such a great dude. And one of the things I enjoy about following his career is he's one of those guys who you can see him getting better every day. Like he's already amazing. He's already better than many of most, but. You can see his improvements and how hard he works and, you know, that he's learning in his process. And there's lots of guys like that that are just amazing. You know, it's, uh, it's I just literally, I was about to, I was about to say a name to compare to that. Someone else that does that. And I stopped saying, I stopped myself from saying that name. And there's a whole other name that is the reason for me stopping myself from saying that other name. So the name I'll tell you is, is Shane Heron. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you that name made me stop from mentioning another name and that other name I was going to compare to the same process of being able to see them get better as Sean Langley. Thanks Shane, but I'm not going to do it. I'm not going <laughs> to do it because you, you messing with my mind, man. Brain games. Get out of my head. You know, I know what you, I know you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Sorry kids. There's some inside, inside shit there. I have another sip of my strawberry banana cocktail. I know, right? I'm almost out of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> what, the, what the hell? No, but this Sean's cup is broken. Amazing. Sean's incredible. He's, uh, he's, he's such a sweetheart, too. That's the best part. You know, that's really, honestly, as dumb as this sounds, I, I got into this to tell stories, and I ended up getting into it to now I'm accumulating friends. That's <laughs> totally the best part of it. It's it, it's such a party. Like, all these cool people that are so like-minded, and, and you don't just end up being, like, a lot of them, are of course like associates and uh mm-hmm. what's the word i'm looking for not associates but uh co-workers <laughs> no acquaintances oh yeah uh yeah <laughs> but still like good nice people but then some of them have turned into some of the best friends i've ever made just from doing yeah, this no, stupid really podcast and talking to people making stupid comics like what the hell yep i, I say that to myself every time i sit down the right i'm like it could literally be anything I'm thinking of. That's that. You know what I mean? It doesn't. There's no constraints. There's no. It's it's complete. Well, writing anyway for me is like a complete creative freedom. Right. It's like being Bruce Almighty for a little while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I hear you, man. It's nice. That's why you know. I fear subpar work, so I work a lot. Do you know what I mean? It's not. I don't want to. You know, I know it's comic books, and it's not literature but i look at it the other way i, I like to think words of are it words that, man you know? stories are stories i think you we're at a point now where we've realized that things like that don't have to be pointed out anymore we all know that comic books are just as important literature as anything else man some of the most beautiful words that have ever been put together have been put together within speech bubbles so you know i have to disagree and in mad libs books Oh, of course. And then uh, those, them, what is it? Uncle John's bathroom books? Come on, man. Some seriously poignant shit in there, you know? Some deep outlooks on life, man. 
Gotta, gotta learn young. <laughs> so what are we doing there? So we're Stan Kanopka, writer of The Rejected, along with artist Corey Christian Anderson. Their, their book, The Rejected, will be premiering at Motor City Comic Con 2017. It's being put out by yeah, Source man. Point Press. What else can we tell them about this situation? When will the book do you know when it will be available in general? Is it is this it? Like, are the other ones ready besides the hundred variants? And like, like we're putting these out now, or what's happening? I really am going to sound irresponsible right now and just say I was so focused on this first portion, I forgot <laughs> to ask. I even have comic book stores, the local 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 shops that are ready to pre-order them, but I don't know anything about that yet. I, I neglected to ask. I don't, you know, I try not to be a pest, so I didn't want to like, you know, email constantly with questions and shit. It's just been like the last couple of weeks I've been ramping it up a little bit because I'm nervous and, you know, I'd like to know what's going on when I'm nervous, but I'm learning that that part of the, that part of the game is not for me to worry about. I think I mean, when I, your I, book I, is coming out, is something for you to worry about. <laughs> well, you know, well, here's the thing for me, though. It, it is. It's May 19th, 20th, and 21st. With any luck, only May 19th. <laughs> right. And, you know. But after that, you know, it takes whatever it takes to get them the print run. We were running so behind that I just we wanted to get it out. And, uh, you know, because of the fact that I had to write X amount of pages back into it. And, of course... It was all done and done by hand, but as soon as you read what you wrote, you're like, oh, no, I can't write that. So it took me a little bit longer to do, and you know, Corey and Micah both destroyed their part. Like They were in, out, done, and asleep in a quarter of the time that it took me to get it all accomplished. (laughs) So – you know, like I, like I said, on the back on the backs of warriors, writers doth ride. Well, that's okay. That's how it works. Like you know, whatever whatever takes is whatever whatever takes, right? You want to do it right. You can never rush brilliance. You know, ah, unless of yeah, course you're fucking. Stupidity. Unless you're Shehan, <laughs> then you seem to somehow be able to warp time yeah, to your sweat. beckoning. <laughs> you probably sweat. You probably sweats brilliance. <laughs> what did I say on the other day? I said I was I put a post on Facebook. I was wondering where all the buzz for TCAF was. And he commented uh it's in two weeks. Which I didn't quite understand that comment, Shay, because I was like, are what are you just pointing that out? Like is this a thanks tips type of comment or are you, is that like, it's only in two weeks or it's, oh, it's in two weeks away. I couldn't tell which way he was going. <laughs> so I asked them and I said, what, is that like eight, eight months in like Shay time, right? Cause I mean, you know, you give Shay two weeks to make a comic. He's like, oh, fuck, no problem. That's like eight months to him, right? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely after, I, after Gladiosaurs for sure. <laughs> I, I got that. It was so impressive watching him do that. And I don't, I, I don't sleep as much as he doesn't sleep. So I was up late at night watching him do it. Really. <laughs> All of his late night nice. posts. I was like, yeah, saw it. Nice. Oh, it's a hell of a process, man. <laughs> He's going to punch a dinosaur. I know uh, it. The next hell- picture is going to be a dinosaur getting punched. Dude, Bride of Gladiosaurs. It's coming. <laughs> What, so what's the next one? Jupiter Wolf? Uh, uh, he was going to do Jupiter. Jupiter, but I think he put an online poll there, and I can't remember what one, but I think maybe Jupiter and Bride of Gladiosaurs, maybe? Or maybe that's just what that's I vo- voted awful. for. Maybe it's just what I wanted. <laughs> it, you know, it reminds me of, like, the 80s. Like, he's churning out, like, wonderful 
comics. You know what I mean? Like, not it's not you know superheroes. It's just flat out comics. Oh yeah, there it's as pulpy as you can get. It's uh, what would, it's what would be on the rack at the dime store. You know, it's Jack Kirby machine style. You know, storytelling. It's boom, boom, boom. You know, these colors Fantastic. will hurt your eyes, and these words will hurt your brain. You know that kind of shit. So, <laughs> you know. Oh yeah. Uh, let's, let's do a little, okay, I'm going to give the people a little, uh, behind the curtain look here. Any regular listeners of this show, any of our friends out there who are listening are probably already familiar with Stan and Stan has been a long time friend of this show since pretty much day one. Uh, you'll hear at the beginning of every show, Nemesis Studios, and that this show is brought to you by Nemesis Studios. And it's been for years now. So if you have heard any inside jokes or discussion tonight or things that really didn't make sense, uh, please forgive us. But it is the fact that Stan and I are old friends. Stan isn't uh, your typical, hey, can I come on your show type guest? But, uh, <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that either. I love meeting new people and uh, having new conversations. But if you didn't get anything tonight, it's just Stan and I, there's a little bit of an inside thing just because it's an inside thing. And Stan, I must thank you for being uh, such a friend and such a huge support system for this show over the past five years, man. Oh, man, dude, I couldn't even begin to thank you for everything that you've done for me and for everyone involved with everything that we do. And, you know, the fact that I get to call you friend, it's, it's an honor. Oh, oh, I mean, you know, oh. podcast and comics aside, you know, you're a really nice guy it's and a good i'm blessed to have met you it's a good thing that people can't see tears on a podcast oh. so <laughs> once again i'm doing evil fingers well stan you've been on this show many times many many times too many times for me to possibly count uh but never have i think we've actually sat down and had the opportunity where it was you your new comic and you know our usual situation if you can say yeah. the show ever has a structure uh tonight the way we talked is the usual kind of structure i guess you could say but uh yeah so i'm really really glad that we got to this point the show has grown on your back and uh you know very proud to see you finally here not only finally getting to follow that dream and put that comic out there but a goddamn graphic novel from source point uh. press premiering at Motor City Comic Con. That's fucking, that's the tits right there, Stan Kanopka. Oh my god, dude. If I could, if I could import Elation, you would have a box of it in your mailbox tomorrow. (laughs) Since we're having a love (laughs) fest, should we share some love? Right now, it's, uh, oh, well, there's a bunch of shit actually going on right now. Yeah. Let me, uh, let me just pull up the stretch goals and all kinds of stuff. All over the place for tons of crap happening. Let's start with, uh, our good friend Anthony Ruckazer. Shall we start there? Heroes of Home Room C? Heroes of Home Room C has been I saw his post earlier. Yes. Yeah, he's up to a stretch goal at this point, right? Uh, just a out, I believe uh, he's sitting at seven thousand five hundred and fifteen dollars. He was looking for six thousand seven hundred and fifty. It's one hundred and ninety backers. He's still got five days to go, kids. Oops. Yeah, no reason he five shouldn't hit that. Days. Yeah, no reason he shouldn't hit that stretch goal. No reason we shouldn't see two hundred plus backers. Uh, if you don't know Heroes of Homeroom, see it's by Anthony Ruckazer. He wrote the first hero 
for Action Lab. Uh, this one's about twin 12-year-old African-American superheroes who lose their powers and get sent back to public school. It's a 76-page graphic novel adventure. It's coming your way because it's been funded. Congratulations, Anthony. Uh, but Congrats. as I say, Kingdom. kids, yes, five days left. Five more days. Pump it. Pump it up. Pump, pump it up. Pump it up. Pump it up. So uh, that's happening in Kickstarter world. Uh, also... I would like to mention that once again, Stan Kanopka, a creator, has been brilliant enough to put me in their comic book. Oh, no. Who's now? Marvin Law, Sam Noir, you guys are the tits. You guys are aces. Because I and my podcasting cohort, the host of the Speech Bubble podcast, Aaron Broverman, we both appear in Zip Kramer. Savior of the Cosmos. It's a sci-fi comedy graphic novel from writer Sam Noir, artist Marvin Law. That's out of the Toronto area here. And uh, their Kickstarter for that, uh, also fully funded, sitting at $777 so of a $700 goal. 22 bags. Nice. That's a, good, that's a good number. Oh, that's great. Seven, seven, seven. Well, they, that's jackpot right there. They have 11 days to go. So wow. they've got mad time to pump that shit up. This could be one of those potential 200 percenters, kids. So do that. Get on Support. that. Get on it. Do it. Zip Kramer, Savior of the Cosmos, starring yours truly, the Jedi Ross. It's very cool. Very, very cool. And uh, thank you right. so much, guys, for that. Um, we can't plug Anthony's Make 100 Bachman and Blue Harvest Star Wars sketchbook anymore. Because that's over, but that was uh, funded at over 200%, Definitely. which yeah, is amazing. Yeah, thank God. Good for him. Well, all you wanted was 500 and uh, I got 1,020. And there is some, uh, I believe, uh, an Elegant Weapon art being included in that collection. Nice. Yeah, he did a piece for us once that I believe he's including that. Uh, he was gonna. I don't know if he still did, but I hope that he did. Hope you did, Anthony. Very, very cool indeed. <laughs> The more comics I'm in, the better the comics world is. I, I, I can't help it. but think that that's just one of them laws we should go with, you know? Anything else the happening? The more the better. Hey, You're like cowbell. Totally. Total. Total cowbell. Right here. I'm like City TV. I'm fucking everywhere, kids. Um, <laughs> coming up next weekend. This is a bit of a big announcement. I've decided to have an adventure, kids. Next oh. weekend... Is free comic book day. Saturday, May 6th. Free comic book day. Yeah, man. An elegant weapon is going on tour. We're going to be starting here in the L5J at our local comic shop, Altered States Comics at 1701 Lakeshore Road West. After that, we're going to be heading over. Oh, I should say who we're also going to be hanging out with there. Miss Stephanie Line and Mr. Adam Gorham. Cool. Uh, well on and rocketing his way up to superstardom in the comic book world. Mr. Adam Gorham, Clarkson's own, Stephanie Lyon, coming along nicely herself. So we're going to be hanging out with those kids at Altered States. Then we're going to shoot on over to uh, Oakville. We're going to go to the Comic Connection, Comics Connection and Collectibles in Oakville. It's on Spears Road, right near uh, Fourth Line. And we're going to be going there to visit the mighty Mike Ruth. How's that one for you? Ruth. Ruth. Then we're going to finish off this little tour up at Gotham Central Comics and Collectibles. Up near Dixie and the 401 there. 
It's good times indeed. Yeah. They got a hell of a lineup. They got Ken Lashley, who we, of course, just <laughs> spoke with at the Great Philadelphia Comic Con. That was a fantastic little chat, so I hope to speak with him again. Sam Noir, who we just mentioned, of Zip Kramer. He's going to be there. Uh, Jason Fabach. Hello. Jason Fabach. Y'all know him. Batman artist. May have heard of him. Yeah, you may have heard of him. He's going to be there. Gibson Quarter's going to be there. Uh, Mark Williams, and you're ready for it? Here it comes, kids. Joe Ose Bansu. They're going to be both there. Heroes of the world. Uh, that's my favorite name ever. How is that? How how Jedi is that name? Heroes of the world. No, Joe Osei Bonsu. Oh, well, yeah, absolutely. It, Sounds like he'd be selling guns on a scavenger ship are somewhere. Kidding? Are you kidding me? It's like his parents were like, oh, we must give him the most Star Wars name we can. And it was Joe Osei Bonsu. It's amazing. I think he's... Oh, I'm going to get it wrong, and I'm sorry. No, I don't even... I'm not even going to guess which island his family's from. He did tell me, and I don't want to say... Is it Barbados? I can't remember. One of them, right? So either way, mm-hmm. coolest name, though. Yeah, that is a great name. And Mark Williams, uh, Heroes of the World, they're going to be there. So it's going to be super, super cool. This tour I am calling the Free Comic Book Day Kessel Run. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to Facebook Live. We're going to tweet. We're going to Instagram. We're going to record. We're going to make pod, of course. And then we'll broadcast it all to you. Also, I believe next week I'm going to be getting together for a Star Wars chat with Sam Noir. A whole bunch of Sam Noir coming up. It's a popular time for the Sam Noir. Um, So that's all the stuff that's happening. One more thing I just want to comment on. I got a last final word here thing I want to talk about. Jay's final Jay's thoughts. Jay's final thoughts. My final thoughts from the Jedi Ross. You know how there's a big debate on who Ray's parents are? Oh boy. I saw the picture of the <laughs> her last name. That was Josh Gad, I think, being funny. I don't think that was actually anything super serious, but I don't think <laughs> she's anybody, man. Because she could just be a random Jedi. All credit to a video I saw on Facebook from Thor Skywalker. (laughs) Yeah, great channel. This guy lays things out kind of basically. I just like his outlook because, not that he plays devil's advocate, but he tries to see things through the simplest light. You know what I mean? It's the old uh, vantage of, you you know, whatever's left to be true is probably true, right? Yep. So his he laid out a lot of things. Uh, how Ray talked about how she's nobody. Uh, we never saw her saw her brought to Jakku, right? We only saw her parents leaving Jakku. No reason to think she wasn't born on Jakku. No real reason to think she was in Luke's academy. No real reason to think she's absolutely anybody. She's probably nobody. Who knows? Except for two little things that kind of bug me. The fact that her parents did leave. Where did they go to? Why did they have to leave? And in the beginning of The Force Awakens, there's uh, Max Van Sydow. Max Van, Max Van Sydow plays that old like rebellion general guy who Poe goes to see and get the, the map from, right? Yeah. Why is he on the planet? So unless he had some sort of connection to her as well then maybe that lends merit to the theory that she has some sort of importance to her past. 
but I think there is a very, very good chance I'm leaning towards the idea that there's nothing there. She's just a, a strong chick who's, you know, going to fight her way up to hero ship. You know what I mean? I wonder if she's going to get taught by Luke. She will get taught by Luke. Absolutely. Of course, that has to happen in some way. Who knows what the whole uh, Jedi has to end thing is about. You know, it could be interesting. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But I really do, I do not think she's a Skywalker, nor do I think she's a Kenobi. I don't think there's any importance to any of that lineage whatsoever. I think they're going to try and move away from the Skywalker stories, right? This is supposed to be... She's a Binx. You never know, man. You never, <laughs> ever know. There's too much cool shit to do. I mean, my favorite thing that basically came out of Celebration was the absolute confirmation of the fact that Mace Windu was alive, bitches. And I'm going with yeah, it. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm going with it. I've always said that, man. And you know it, too, right? Yeah, You've no, been I've, hearing I've me say been listening for, for years, years <laughs> and years that there's no reason Mace Windu is dead. A Jedi could easily survive some of that crazy shit. The way in Episode 2, Attack of the Clones, that Obi-Wan and Anakin were just falling from speeder to speeder in that city chase when they were after mm-hmm. uh, Zach Wessel or whatever. Yeah, totally. There's no reason. No reason that Mace Windu is dead. So, you know, maybe he had a contingency. Maybe he trained a secret Padawan to keep things going. You don't know. You can go so many different cool oh, yeah. places. You know, that's what I absolutely love about it. So... There you go. The rejected Stan Kanopka. Yeah. You can Thank be found you, online at uh, a whole bunch of places. Why don't you tell the fine people? Uh, uh, most places, the words of Stan will be sufficient. Any any of the social media platforms, you can find me there. Uh, we have a Facebook page for the rejected called the rejected. You know, strangely enough, uh, we're going with the hashtag We Are the Rejected. And we're just trying to put it out there as much as we can. Corey, Micah, and I are throwing caution to the wind, and we're just going all out. Also, I would like to point out that you are on Instagram as the Bipolar Poet. Oh, yeah, that's a real cheery well, point out. Well, <laughs> I, I do want to point it out because here's what I don't – you know, here's what I want people to understand. This is the note that I want to leave you people on with uh, my perspective of Mr. Stan Kanopka here is – like any of us, Stan is a messed up dude. His emotions don't work and maybe are a little more tilted off at times than a lot of us. And Stan deals with this like no one I've ever seen. Stan, you, I'm not going to talk about you like you're fucking dead and not here. <laughs> you, <laughs> and I've told you this before, I'm not getting all super sentimental or anything by saying this mm-hmm. again, but I always have admired you most for... <clears throat> how much it pisses you off like you're not the type of depressive who just gets depressed and has to deal with that you get fucking mad at the fact that you're depressed like it, oh, it yeah. pisses you off and it annoys you <laughs> and that gives you some sort of innate strength to fight through it and i i don't know anybody with the strength that you have my friend i really don't think i do i i i, appreciate I don't think i can quantify it um, and it, it's an insane thing. And not only does that make you one of the toughest, strongest individuals that I know, but the fact that you are so brave and courage, uh, courageous in your willingness to share these feelings and these ideas. And that's one reason why I want to point out Bipolar Poet, because you often have a few of your thoughts there that you will be very often quick to say as well are very dark and your comic is dark and you're a dark fellow, but you're not a dark fellow. You've been in a 
a crazy huge support for me over the years, a, 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 an immensely positive part of my life. And you just, you can't say it. Like, I know you too well to let you get away with saying that to me. So, <laughs> you know, Stan has a dark place and he does, he doesn't fight it. He isn't scared of it. He fucking owns it. He puts it on fucking paper. He makes other people draw it in pretty pictures for you to experience and feel. And, uh, you know, kudos, brother. Uh, there needs to Thank be more man. artists with this mentality like you out there. Oh, I appreciate that. And call me an artist, too. Thank you. Yeah, I kind of stretched it on that one a bit, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Based on the back of this notebook I've been scribbling on for the last hour, all I know how to draw are bird's feet, <laughs> fidget spinners, and the moon. <laughs> so that's what we're going to get in your next story, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Without, without a doubt, someone's going to lose their eye to a fidget spinner. Uh, awesome. I wish on, I knew. On the moon. I wish I knew what a fidget spinner was. <laughs> Four skateboard bearings attached to a T-shaped or an X-shaped structure that you spin around on your fingers to alleviate <laughs> stress and anxiety. Is this a creation of your own? No, no. I wish we just uh, Storm just sent his older brother out earlier to pick him one up at the Seven <laughs> Eleven. Yeah, check it check it out online. You should see one of some of the stuff that they do with those things. That's awesome. Ah, <laughs> oh, right on, kids. Uh, that's Stan Kanapka, Motor City Comic Con. We're going to see him there. Source Point Press. Source Point Press. Source point press. Uh, Stan, thank you so much, my brother. Jay, once again, thank you so much for having me on, man. Kids, that is all we are going to have this week on An Elegant Weapon. Go ahead, say it. Man. Take it easy.